It's always a pleasure to catch up with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. Josh joins me every Monday for Money Monday at 1230, and you can sit with Josh and his team for a free consultation, find out about building your wealth, managing your wealth, and building toward financial independence later in life so you have an enjoyable retirement on your terms. You can set your consultation up by calling 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040, or you can also set it up by making your appointment online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Josh's office is located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750, not far from 270 and 23. So from the time I saw you Friday for the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show, I'm seeing headlines that Friday was not a great day in the markets, and maybe last week was kind of a weird week in the markets. Is there any way we can put a finger on why that might have happened? Well, yeah, if you look at last week, you know, it was a pretty volatile time, and then obviously Friday was the uh, the end cap on a on a not great week. But, you know, if you can think about all the different indices that we talk about and all the different things that are tracked, um, you know, you have inflation in general, but you also have this other index called the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, which is an index that measures inflation, much like all the other measurements. But if you think about all these indexes, they have to come up with some sort of me- measurement philosophy or formula. And for example, if the price of beef were to go up, then maybe people buy less beef and they mm-hmm. buy more chicken. Or if the price of gas goes up, then maybe they don't drive as much. So there's a bunch of different formulas in the way that the government measures how bad is inflation really. And this PCE index actually rose, and the information was released at the end of the week, it rose the largest rise since June of 2022. So it was a very insignificant or what would seem to be insubstantial, you know, think of like a 0.1% increase, but that went the wrong direction. So the general fear as a result of that is maybe this inflation thing that we're dealing with is a little stickier than we had thought. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, right now I wouldn't give any thought. Uh, I have a daughter who uh, was in the at the age where, you know, it'd be nice if we had another vehicle for her, but I wouldn't even think of it now because of the headlines I see about cars, and we've probably cut back on our meat consumption as those prices have gone up. I know we really watched our mileage when our uh, gas prices went up, which gets to the point of, like, uh, the amount of money you need in retirement. We've talked before, Josh, about how it's damaged by inflation and you were telling me you saw a really interesting headline in some of the stories that you were reading as you were headed to your conference in New York about the idea that maybe uh, that million-dollar number that we all thought was perfect for retirement is not adequate anymore. At least somebody's trying to sell us on the idea it's not adequate anymore. Yeah, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but I think the article uh, was something to the effect of, is $3 million enough to retire? Um, and they had pulled... I think it was 500 or 1,000 people, I believe. It was uh, it was a big name, you know, Forbes or Morningstar, something like that. And they had po- po- uh, polled 500 or 1,000 people, and, and the large uh, percentage of them believed that they would need 3 to $5 million to adequately retire. And, you know, one, what are they basing that on? <laughs> I mean, they don't know anything about your consumption level. They don't know what your income is. They don't know anything. This is just kind of a general throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. When in reality, the answer for everybody listening is individual. It depends on what your expenditures are, uh, how much you want to live in, will live on, what financial independence and retirement looks like for you. And my fear is that when we read these types of headlines, we might get tremendously discouraged and even maybe throw our hands up in the air and say, "Well, there's no way I can get to three to five million dollars, so why even try?" And you know, if you recall back to our, our conversation on Friday. 
we talked about, you know, the amount of people who believe that they'll never be able to retire, so mm-hmm. they're not even going to try to hit that target. And unfortunately, while that might sound like maybe not the best logic, logic nonetheless, unfortunately, the average retirement age in the United States is far younger than you might think. It's right around 62 years old. And the reason for that isn't because everybody wanted to maybe retire by that point or even had the assets to retire by that point, but they were forced into retirement through um, you know, a loss of a job or taking care of a loved one, et cetera. So I don't want people to get discouraged by that three to five million number because one, it's probably just complete malarkey, but two, um, every single thing that you do to chip away at that long-term number puts you in a much better position in the event that things don't go according to plan. Yeah, no doubt. And that's one of the things that my wife and I learned when we sat for our free consultation with Josh and the Aptus team was that, you know, you find out right where you are and knowledge is power. I mean, it definitely is not something that you want to put off and hope because what if it breaks the wrong way? We gain peace of mind from our consultation with Josh and the Aptus team. It's why we're clients, 614-917-1040. If you would like to go in for your free consultation, you can also set it up online to make your online appointment, Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Sign up for Josh's YouTube channel while you're there. He posts content regularly. And you can also be a client of Aptus if you're outside the area because they do confer with clients via remote access. And... You know, when you talk about getting started early, not getting discouraged, uh, USA Today's out with a story now about what you need to do if you're going to start saving for retirement or you're trying to really get your retirement right. It says one of the things you have to do is, A, find out how much you'll need annually. And they go to the old 80% rule. But if you're in your 20s and you do this right and you start saving now, like how would you possibly calculate uh, how much you would need? Is that even possible for somebody in their 40s and 50s to calculate, quote unquote, how much you'd need? Uh, You know, obviously, the longest, the longer amount of time that we have, the more variables that come into play, or or I would say maybe not more variables, but the more impact of slight variations in those variables can have over time. We know that, you know, compounding interest is the most powerful force on earth. Um, So, you know, obviously, that has a significant uh, effect. That said, can you start to make uh, predictions about how much approximately you will need and start chipping away at that as early as possible, knowing that the sooner I start, the less I have to save. And the answer is a resounding yes. Um, And I tell everybody that, you know, every 10 years, actually eight to 10 years that you wait, plan on having to save twice as much per month than you would have had to have done eight or 10 years ago. So what's the best time to save? Well, eight or 10 years ago would have been a great time to start. The second best time is today. uh, And the worst time is any time after today. So start chipping away at that as early as possible. The other benefit to starting as early as possible is your ability to tolerate fluctuation and risk. For example, we've been talking a lot about you know the volatility in the market and the impact of inflation and rates, et cetera. That has a much more dramatic effect on you the closer and closer you get to that retirement red zone because volatility can have a catastrophic effect on income generation when you're in or near retirement. When you're 25 years old, you can weather the storms, handle the swings. It might have an effect on your, you know, your emotional stability in your heart. But beyond that, um, it, it's really the best way to, uh, to to ensure success over the long run is is do take risks and weather those storms. But again, the closer you get, the more you have to pay attention to those things. And when we have inflation heading where it is, and the Treasury rose to the highest it has since 2007, it looks like inflation isn't going anywhere. That volatility 
looks like it's not going anywhere either, so you better have a steadfast plan. Yeah, and that's why you need a professional wealth advisor, a fiduciary, someone who is legally bound to do what's best for you. That's what they are at Aptus Wealth Management. They're located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750. Their office number to set up your free consultation, 614-917-1040. Their web address, Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. And I think one of the things I learned by sitting and talking with you, and this is a strategy that we adopted, is that there are ways that you can get some of the gains of the market and protect yourself against the worst of the market losses. I just guess I always thought that there was uh, built-in volatility because you either ride it all the way up or you ride it all the way down, but that's not something that you have to do. Well, you're not alone in that belief. And, and while you know that strategy isn't the only strategy or the best strategy, there's a bunch of different ways that you can do this. And I think that most people think of, I'm either in, or I'm out. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I tear things back with bonds, um, and that's my only option. And as I look at the interest rate environment and bonds, maybe long-term bonds aren't a good solution to my problem right now because there's so much risk in that category as well. So it seems like I'm darned if I do, darned if I don't, where do I run? And the reality is there's a myriad of options between cash and growth equities. Uh, and you just need to kind of know where that secret sauce is or where that perfect mix is for you. And then you can create a plan that's tolerable for you that accomplishes your goals and is a palatable ride rather than just doing what everybody else does. Josh Pick and the Aptus team, they would love to meet with you, love to explain some of these concepts to you. 614-917-1040. Their web address is Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. The Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show airs at 7 p.m. Fridays here on The Answer, and we replay it at noon Saturday. And, Josh, I look forward to seeing you Friday for the next Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. You as well. Thanks, Bruce. So some of you know that I have uh, ties to the state of Arizona. My wife is from the state of Arizona. Her friends, uh, many of them remain out there, and we uh, stay in touch with them. She has family out there. So I got inundated this weekend from uh, both parts of the country, a friend of mine in Virginia and a friend of mine in Arizona, both sending me links to testimony before some kind of official-looking body. And it was 40 minutes of video about... Government officials in Arizona being on the take from an intricate, elaborate setup whereby money was laundered through the sale of private homes, and then the money was, some of it, given to Arizona politicians, including current Arizona governor, Katie Hobbs, who was the secretary of state that ran the election, which went down to a to the wire in which Katie Hobbs beat Carrie Lake. It's a very complicated scenario to follow, but basically here are the details on it. There's a drug cartel in Mexico. You might not know the name of the drug cartel, but you've heard of El Chapo, right? El Chapo runs this particular drug cartel called the Sinaloa Cartel. And the Sinaloa Cartel, since hmm, 2005, 2006, has been under investigation by U.S. attorney's offices around the country, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa. Back in 06, these three state attorneys general were investigating the monies that were filtered through the Sinaloa drug cartel, and they found that it was laundered through a series of single-family home purchases in those states. Now, by 2009... 
they had indicted and convicted numerous real estate agents, escrow companies, and title insurers for this racketeering. So this is a real thing. They found a crime, and they charged people for the crime, and they found people guilty of the crime. This happened in 2009. In 2014, a law firm in California was asked to review the case files to determine whether monies from the sale of these properties had filtered to any other purchases of any other properties. And this is when they found, oh yeah, some of this money wound up in Arizona, in Maricopa and Pima County. Maricopa County is Phoenix. Okay, so by 2018... They had discovered a whole raft of these things, and they've now been tracking it and following it and investigating it. And here's the operative sentence. To date, more than 10,000 falsified documents have been recorded with the Maricopa County Recorder. 10,000 falsified documents related to single-family home sales. Look, I'll just take you back behind the curtain. Single-family home sales in Arizona since the first housing crisis in 2008, have exploded, exploded, because the homes went from high value to no value. And when they were high value, people were literally building houses to live in and then selling that house before they ever moved in because property values were escalating so quickly Let's say you were building a $750,000 house. Well, by the time you got it built, it was worth a million dollars. Such was the escalation of home values in Arizona. So you're like, well, heck with that. Why would I live in a house for what I bought for $750 when I can sell it to this guy who needs a place to live for a million? I'll just take the million and I'll build a million dollar house. And that was a great thing to do until the market crashed. And then a lot of people were stuck holding multiple mortgages and holding mortgages that were dramatically overvalued because now the million-dollar house you were going to build all of a sudden was worth 600000 So there was a lot of money in and out and floating around, and it was rife with the potential for fraud. So back to the takeaway from this investigation. To date, more than 10,000 falsified documents have been recorded with the Maricopa County Recorder we estimate that more than, listen to this, 35,000 warranty deeds evidencing fraudulent transactions exist. The number of falsified notarizations exceeds 15,000. So even though they got some some of this notarized, it was false. And they have found that among those who are dirty in this, include a list of Arizona officials who have falsified deeds and participated in the money laundering scheme, include 40 names. Here are the names. Governor Katie Hobbs, the Secretary of State, Senator Kirsten Sinema, and others. So here's the thing. With where we are now in our country, where millions of people are teaming across the southern border, but the southern border is secure. The Afghanistan withdrawal was such a botched mess. We got 13 American service personnel blown up at the Abbey Gate at the Kabul airport. But that was an extraordinary success. Never mind the Muslims falling off the engines of planes that they're clinging to in hopes of 
getting out of Afghanistan, which is now ruled by 8th century barbarians who are murdering women at the drop of a hat or the failure to wear a hijab. Up is down and down is up in this administration. Oh, what of those migrants teeming across the border? Well, big story in the New York Times. I believe they've unlocked this from their paywall because I can read it and I'm not a Times member. Let me read you a little bit of this. we got all these kids coming across the border, all these teenagers coming across the borders without families. The New York Times does a big expose today about where these kids wind up. Let me read you a little bit of it. Christian works a construction job instead of going to school. He's 14. These are kids in America, by the way. They've come across the border. Carolina packages Cheerios at night in a factory. She's 15. You say, wait, that's against child labor laws. Oh, it gets better. Wander starts looking for day labor jobs before sunrise. He is 13. Okay, now to read from the story. These teenage workers who've come across the border illegally and been placed in other parts of the country by the Biden administration are part of a new economy of exploitation. Migrant children who've been coming into the United States without their parents in record numbers are ending up in some of the most punishing jobs in the country, a New York Times investigation found. This shadow workforce extends across industries in every state, flouting child labor laws that have been in place for nearly a century. We have 12-year-old roofers in Florida and Tennessee, underage slaughterhouse workers in Delaware, Mississippi, and North Carolina, children sawing planks of wood on overnight shifts in South Dakota. Largely from Central America, the children are driven by economic desperation that was worsened by the pandemic. This labor force has been slowly growing for almost a decade, but is it, it has exploded since 2021. Wow, who became president in 2021? I can't remember. Oh, that's right. The old dude who can't make it up the stairs without falling down. While the systems meant to protect children have broken down. Oh, they've broken down. They haven't been torn down. They've been broken down. Is that it? They've been broken down, not torn down, not erased. The Times spoke with more than 100 migrant children workers in 20 states who described jobs that were grinding them into exhaustion and fears that they have become trapped in circumstances they never could have imagined. In town after town, children scrub dishes late at night. They run milking machines in Vermont, deliver meals in New York. They harvest coffee and build lava rock walls around vacation homes in Hawaii. Girls as young as 13 wash hotel sheets in Virginia. Remember when Chuck Schumer said, oh, we can't stop illegal immigration? It'll wreak havoc with our employment system. These are Democrats who put these policies in place. Billiards Plus is known to have a great selection of Brunswick and Olhausen pool tables. But now, 